We are back after a week off. Chad and the Mark went down south. Mr. Brown went to Wrigley. And you know what? It's summertime, so we got plenty to talk about. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. It's Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and Canadian Big A and Turbo Tommy. And did you get the boat back in the water there, uh, Tommy? Yes, I got it. it. It took two days, about eight hours each day. Got it back in. It's running perfectly. What are the two best days that you own a boat? I haven't seen the last one yet, but the first one's the buying. It's the I day you buy it, the day you sell yeah. it, man. That's it. I enjoy my boat. So, so we're, we're all in agreement the next week's episode is going to be labeled Boats and Hose. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> I produce Boats and court. bitches is what I want to say. <laughs> uh, from from the Kanawha, watching the fireworks go off, do a special Saturday episode. Go to the regatta. You got a regatta. I don't know what that was. That's why you don't get your own mic because of things like that. But uh, yeah, I'm glad to be back. We didn't have a show last week. Uh, I, um, I I did, a, a, I guess, a, an SEC vacation. I don't know. I just went down to the SEC country and, and saw some things. But Mr. Brown, you had a sports-related trip last weekend. You went to? Wrigley Field. For a day game, it was amazing. Uh, so tell me all about Wrigley. Uh, I'm I'm excited you got to go, but is it everything you thought it would be? Yeah, I was telling Tommy before you got here, like you know, I've been to World Series Braves victory game, and like this was up there with that, you know, because just I was in awe when I came in and saw the when I came up the uh, concourse there and stepped out and saw the field. The wind was blowing in the flags, the old scoreboard, the, the ivy. I was like, it literally took my breath away. And I've been to Fenway, but it was a long time ago. So I didn't really appreciate it like I would now. So I've got to go back. But it was an amazing experience. A day game, of course. The vendors were even like old school vendors. They're like, get your hot dogs here. Call me ice cold beer. And there was even like double the amount that's in Atlanta. So it was like they really loaded up on their vendors. And, you know, when you walk around on the concourse at most stadiums now, it's all concrete. This is all individual bricks that they initially put in back like a hundred years ago. So you're literally walking on a brick walk path all around, all the way around the stadium, which was amazing. Mm. Good crowd. Oh, it was sold out. It was, I think it was 40 K was there. So what, what's the Chicago fan base like in person? Uh, they were very nice to me. Um, I was rocking the red Matt Olson Jersey. Um, but they were just like, no one talked crap to me at all. No one ever said anything bad to me. Um, it was basically like if because the, the Cubs won six to three, so I got to witness the Go Cubs go, which was catchy. I mean, I wanted the Braves to win, but it was cool to see in person. That and then the uh, the beer cup snakes from oh, the and the bleacher snakes. seats, they were going in left field. It went from left field to the top bleacher seat all the way down to the Ivy in <laughs> left field, and then right field was trying to catch up with them, and they were just talking shit back and forth to each other, just Cubs fans yelling at each other because, drink your beer faster. That's what and baseball they were going is all nuts. about. But uh, they weren't talking crap at all because, like, the Cubs won, but they're, like, looking at me like, you know, we suck, we know. We don't know how we're beating you, so <laughs> you just <laughs> picked the – Give us this one. <laughs> they're, they're like, you just picked a bad day because everything was lined up perfect. Kyle Wright was going on the mound, our most consistent pitcher so far. Uh, the Japanese phenom wasn't even playing. He's on the IL. And then you had Patrick Wisdom went out. He was hurt. 
And like everything was like stacked against the Cubs, and they still won six to three. Mm. Well, at least you got to hear go, go Cubs go. It was cool. And then just the different dynamic of where you can't park around the stadium. So we, we found a, a parking garage in downtown Chicago. We parked there. We rode the purple line, had to figure that. I had to Google it so I could understand it. <laughs> so I realized you take the purple line to the end, jump on the red line, drops you off at Addison, which is like a block from Wrigley, and then you just follow the Cubs jerseys right to the stadium. So <laughs> you it was cool. didn't need a map once you got off the train. Just it, was, the jerseys. it was really cool. Like, it's something I want to do again. And now that I've kind of assessed the situation. Might be able to enjoy it more next time. And I'm taking the son back next time because he was really upset that he didn't go this time. I said, son, after all these death threats and stuff, I, pe- people in my own groups tell me, you're, you're going to die this weekend. You're not coming back. <laughs> so I had to assess the situation. But now that I feel better about it, you know, I'm, I'm taking him. But I will say, we drove past the south side in the Sox Stadium. That part was sketchy. Yeah, a little sketchy. So I don't know about that. It would have to be a day game, but I would definitely go back to Wrigley. So again. when you drove by, I was like, roll them up. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> All right. So Amazing. I, I'm, I'm glad you got to go. Jealous of the experience. My question is, did you eat anywhere real nice in Chicago? Yeah, we actually – We get old. We just like talking about food, don't we? Yeah, we, I mean, but who doesn't love food when you're traveling? You want to get the local flavor. But Hell yes. We got to eat at Lum- Luminati's. Uh, not the Illuminati. The Illuminati. Uh, the, pe- the truth is out there, people. Deep dish pizza that was recommended by former Cardinals, Braves reliever Ray King, Everyday Ray. We've friend inter- of the show, Ray King. We've interviewed him a few times. He said, "You've got if you want some deep dish pie, you go to Luminati's. So there you go. And it, it was really good. I only could eat two slices and I was stuffed. And I see why they call it a pie because you couldn't eat it without a fork. Yeah, it was nice. Question for you at the stadium. I remember watching WGN when I was a kid growing up, and you always had like Waverly, the the apartment. Everybody'd sit on the roof and watch. Is that still a thing, or is that not? They have now all the apartments across the street now have they have it just as Cubs bleacher seats, and everyone's sitting up there, and it's all over the outfield. And the funny thing is, there was one in right field, and the because they're not they're not affiliated with the Cubs. This is just the apartment owners trying to catch cash in on some money. Well, they put in a huge-ass scoreboard in right field and blocked all those seats, so they're just sitting there empty. So their investment's over. That's, it was like 20 seats. Uh, that's that's uh, good and bad. So you have the original wooden scoreboard in center where they have to change the numbers by hand. Manually. And then you got the, the updated scoreboard in right field, which blocked all those uh, apartment seats just in right field only. So how are the seats at regular? They're still the like original old metal hard. I'll tell you this: they're more comfortable than sitting beside of you in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's just because oh. I need two seats. Uh, you would like these seats better. Okay, they're more spacious. And I'm like, you know, uh, what am I was trying to say? I, I don't think it matters at this point. <laughs> I think the, the with all due respect. <laughs> The damage is done, so I guess I'll be leaving. But, uh, hey, That's why quick. I needed an aisle seat, so I could put half my belly in the oh. aisle. Real quick, Friday I'm going to Ascensi to check out the Reds and Braves. We've been there several times, but my son hasn't been there. Going to show him the Hall of Fame. If anyone hasn't been to the Hall of Fame, it's three stories of great baseball history. Takes you right into the team shop. That's going to be fun. We're, staying, we're actually going to stay in Covington and just walk to the game and then there stay there. And then, well, we'll talk about the next one. Uh, for the next show. 
All right, so you know, I can't even remember if we had a chance to really talk about the NBA Finals wrapping up. But anyway, you know, we know the Warriors won. Curry got his Finals MVP. And the question that has been kind of going around, and we talked about this a little bit, and we decided let's just do it on the show. We we talk about, like, the face of the NBA. Who is the face of the NBA right now? You know, is it Giannis? Is it Curry? Is it still LeBron? Like, what's your thoughts just starting there? I kind of think it's Giannis right now. He's the youngest guy. He should have won his uh, MVP this year. I know the Joker won back-to-back MVPs, but to me, coming off a championship season, it's Giannis as the face of the league. See, I personally feel like it's LeBron until he retires. I'm with you. Because everyone has an opinion of LeBron. They either love him or hate him, and Giannis don't have that same concept. So it's like he's like the villain or he's the the goat. So that's it. The other one that's similar to that, I think, is Steph Curry. And, And there can be an argument made that Curry might be the face of the NBA. I would argue that Curry is the face over Giannis as well. I would too. I would too. And Curry does more, um, you know, sponsors and commercials and things but like that. Let me back. Let me say this, though. The fact is, Giannis, I'm not saying Giannis isn't the best player. No, we're just talking about image-wise. Correct. How, I mean, the, how I, the public. I think, I think Giannis is the uh, NBA's, like, go-to guy for the next decade. Right. Well, like, I misread that a little bit. I heard what you said. But I, it to me, Curry – is more of the face of the league in that more players emulate him at a younger well, we, age. Well, we've had the conversation ad nauseum about the impact that players have had over the history of the, the league, and Curry is one that we always put on that top five. Uh, the the reason why, you know, I kind of bring it up is like, Mr. Brown, you and I were talking about LeBron and Curry. You know, I think it's their hand in hand. Um, and LeBron's been there longer. He's more established, arguably the bigger name. Uh, but Curry – is just won another title and he's part of a dynasty. And the question is in the annals of history, when we look back, who's going to be the bigger representation of this era? Is it going to be LeBron or is it going to be Curry? I think it's Curry and I don't think it's close. So Curry's, Curry's got already time passed left. him. Yeah. Because if you look at playing basketball and we see this with youth kids, I can remember coaching third and fourth grade basketball and you'd have every kid there at four foot nine trying to shoot three pointers and that's because of Steph Curry. Every kid, even though they can't be Steph Curry with the handles and the shot, they think they can do that. You're not going to be six eight an athletic freak like LeBron is. Steph Curry's impact on the game and how it's played is the greatest thing that we will have seen in the history of basketball when we look back on it in twenty years. I, I, let let, let me ahead. ask you this. So they both have four, correct? Yes. And I got LeBron's a little longer in the tooth here, but uh, let's say he somehow wins another title, probably by jumping away from the Lakers to some to the Warriors. And then, no, then. That, that that negates my argument. <laughs> it would. Um, let's say LeBron somehow wins five, and then Curry never wins another one. Is it still Curry? To me, it is because his impact on how the game is played. No, I agree with that hundred percent. I don't think everybody looks at it that way, though. I think I think LeBron. That's how I look at LeBron. It. You know, he's a billionaire on his own merit of being a player. Uh, I mean, he also has made the worst. He is, movie he ever. is the first <laughs> he active player that's a billionaire. It's correct. Ever. So like that. Well, that here's the other thing about LeBron. You want to talk about? Okay, he wins another one. So then he would have been to eleven finals and won five. Right. Correct. With the bubble chip where they were all stones zonked out. T.J. Warren scoring forty-seven a night. Well, then what about Tim Duncan, who won five and was the best player in 
his era as well. To me, the thing about LeBron and Curry, if you want to talk about the same era, is you can't go down as the GOAT Dude, when stop. you have a player in your era who Duncan, does what they do. Duncan never dominated the game. And especially in the latter part, he brought up, "Well, if he wins another title, he's this." It's not. Look at Kobe, who won five. It's not just about titles. It's it's, it's, it's not about. It's about their their. How does the league view them? So, like, let's be honest. The players still look at LeBron. They're starting to dim a little bit on it, but they still look at LeBron as that idolized picture, right? I I don't know if they look at Curry the same way, and and I think I think it's because he's not as physically intimidating. He's not. But he he still has just as much of an impact on the game. So my my statement though is I think I think it's close, but Curry hasn't quite passed LeBron as far as that status check goes. Um, if he gets another one, he probably will. The things that go in his favor are the fact that he's been on the same team. They've they've what's, done this. What's the a, age difference? Curry's thirty four and LeBron's thirty eight. It's that close. Curry's 34. Curry came into the league in 09, and LeBron came in in 03. Yeah. But Curry went to college. Did he play four years at college? No, he did not. Curry is 34? Here, you want to make it feel really old? Curry Curry played against Blake Griffin in college. Yeah, I believe that. And look at Blake Griffin now. (laughs) He's barely in the league. If you want to know a a funny tidbit, where is uh, LeBron from? Akron. Where was Steph Curry born? Akron. There you go. It's cause, does dad play on the uh, Cavs at the time? I don't know. They must have been. Uh, Maybe it was a road game. Yeah. <laughs> he was probably banging LeBron's mom just like uh, David. What's his name? Delonte. Delonte West. He was getting a line behind Dell. Hey, props to Delonte, man. He's turned his life around. I, I just think. Hey, he, it depends what week it is. One week he's panhandling. The next week he's he's found he's Jesus. Down at Mark Cuban's ranch. Uh, yeah, the bunny ranch. No, Maybe no, a huge no, ranch. No, no, not that. Uh, so he's right. in a grotto. For me, the, the argument with the LeBron and the rings thing is, it kind of has faded out a little bit. Even if he were to win another one, I know it's great. He's lost so many, it's hurt it already. Yeah. yeah I get that. But here, here's the thing. Um, I'm going to throw these questions out here, and I want you guys to answer. There's no trick question here. I'm just looking for your realistic answer. If I was to ask you who is the best defensive player of all time, who would you say? LeBron. Defense? No. Oh, yeah, he's won five. five all time. Defense. All time. All time. All, all time. You, um, no. I'll take it. I thought you meant between Not those between two. the two. Just in NBA My history. Bad. My bad. Who, who would you say is the best defensive player? Tommy can't think now. He yeah, doesn't mess up. Biggie, what would you say? There's no right or wrong answer. I'm just asking. I have two choices. Can I go first? Yeah, you can go, go first. Uh, Bill Russell and Michael Jordan. All right. Bill Russell would be one I'd put in there for sure. I was going to throw Michael Jordan, nine-time all-first de- defensive uh, – nine-time – First team all defense. Okay. I just wanted to throw a post player in there because the way he dominated. I mean, you could say Rodman. Right. I mean, uh, well, I'll throw a name out there as a little lesser known guy, Bruce Bowen. Yep. You could say Gary Payton. I mean, there's yeah. names you could throw out there. All right. So, um, how about who is the best passer of all time? Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. Maybe you could say Stockton, but I think Pistol Pete, baby. I'm going to say Magic. I'm going to say Stockton. Magic was more flashy. Okay. Stockton did it the right way. Uh, Best best winner ever. Bill Russell. Bill Russell Russell or Michael Jordan. All right. So we got some different answers here. Who's the best shooter of all time? Steph Curry. Curry. Bird. It's not Bird. 
you know, <laughs> it's not. Bird wishes he was Steph Curry. Tommy, Tommy ruined my point was that it's kind of like when you say who's the best receiver of all time, everybody says no, here's Jerry the thing, Rice. Right? You that, know what that's I mean? not shitting on Larry Bird in all seriousness. No, I'm not. saying that because Mike's beside me, Mikey, my brother Mikey, he loved Larry Bird. But the fact is, Larry Bird, in my opinion, is a better overall player than Steph Curry, and it's not close. But Curry's specialized shooting is better than anybody ever. Correct. And I think as his career continues to wind down and he's not able to take people off the dribble as much and things like that, he's still going to have a place in this league because of his skill set. Like people don't like he's he's the most prolific three point shooter in NBA history, and it, the the only guy close to him is James Harden, and James Harden's like five hundred threes behind him, so he ain't ever going to catch I mean, him. Look at freaking Kyle Corver; he's in the league just come off the bench, just popping like right. four threes and heading back to the bench. Well, the thing is, it's not even that Curry is just the high volume three point shooter. He's top ten. I think he might be twelfth actually in in career three point percentage with he, the amount that he jacked. He just up. had his worst year ever in accuracy as a three point shooter. First he time still, he ever shot under forty percent from three point. It line. was thirty eight percent, which is what Trey Young shot from downtown. He needs to take some lessons from Coach Steve Kerr. Fifty two percent, the the best in NBA history. Fifty two, right? Oh, well, the other part it, of it, like, I think it's. I don't think it's fifty two, but he's if, number one all time. If you go pound for pound, you can. You know, say, oh, Steph Curry's not even in the top ten. Look what this guy, look what that guy can do. But his impact on the game is number one or two overall. When you look at this, Duncan Robinson signed a huge contract with Miami Heat where he got like $60 million for four years. Yes. What does Duncan Robinson do? He shoots he threes, shoots and, threes that's and that's it. it. Yeah. He's turned the league into where guys like that get picked. Kyle Corver will be 47 still spotting up in the corner. Sorry. That's all right. I got distracted, too. I saw a thong. We're watching wrestling in the background. Thong, Blood and thong, Guts thong, AEW. Thong. All right, so to wrap Play up. Cisco. To wrap up, close it up. Well, my point is I think Curry still has the potential to, to move way beyond that because when you look at where they're at in their careers, who's more likely to win the NBA championship next year, the Warriors or the Lakers, right? I don't know. The Lakers are running it back. They're going to run it back. <laughs> yeah, the Lakers got the Mason, Russ Westbrook. They got the old man, James, and they got everybody Mr. Around the Glass, league. Everybody AD. around the league is applauding that decision. You know, he makes $47 million this year. So just like we've always talked about Joe Flacco's agent, you need to put Russ Westbrook's agent in a damn Hall of Fame yesterday. Hell yes. $47 million? Westbrook. The, the, the biggest, most prolific bricklayer of all time. I mean, who's paying those prices for masonry? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so one of the things that makes our social media so exciting is, Mr. Brown, you specifically like to throw out these questions, and people typically get riled up a little bit. And, you know, there's always those typical questions like, Who's better, LeBron or Jordan? That you know, Biggie always loves to do in his basketball group. Biggie's got every LeBron James meme in the history of LeBron. Yes, uh, but we're not going to do that. We're going to go to NFL and secretly, of, he's got the same amount of man crush on LeBron as I do Freddie Freeman. Mm, he don't want to admit it. Is anybody crying about it? He is internally. Oh, that's well, that's my ulcers bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. wow. So uh, now that we've uh, gone through WebMD and diagnosed Biggie's uh, bleeding ulcers, let's uh, let's talk a little running backs. You know, we're in the dog days of summer here. We don't have a lot of NFL stuff going on because we can only talk about sexual predators so much. Oh yeah. Uh, so let's just uh, transition to running backs. And and you threw out 
And it's easy, first of all, to pick like the the Barry Sanders, Jim Browns, the Walter Paytons of the world. Right, you didn't do that. We I picked out about four running. I picked out four running backs that ranges anywhere between fifteen and twenty five. Three of them are Hall of Famers. One of them will probably correct. The fourth one will probably get in. I would right. guess. Edger and James, Marshawn Lynch, Jerome Bettis, and Terrell Davis. So, starting us off. Do you guys can you you your question was rank them one through four? Correct. So let's who wants to go first so we can just Edger and James, Jerome Bettis, Terrell Davis, Marshawn Lynch. Okay, so Terrell Davis is the wild card here, right? Yes, because of the limited amount. Yes, he did have some extreme peak, great prime. It gets a little elevated for me because he played on a team that won two. Super Bowls. Uh, he was great, but one thing I would like to say, yes, he did have a 2,000-yard season in a same system that guys like Travis Henry and every other bum from Miami ran for 1,500 yards in. So was he a hair better than them or slightly better? Yes, but it's not as though he was Barry Sanders out of that backfield. All right, so Tommy, where would you rank Edge, Marshawn, Bettis, and TD? You got Biggie's got to give you the mic. <laughs> It's uh, I know that people's gonna be thinking, why not Bettis? But it's Edron James, Jerome Bettis, Marshawn Lynch, Terrell Davis. Uh, the slack on Davis was the injury. I think if, if he had been able to prolong his career, he'd have probably inched his way on up through there. He did have some phenomenal seasons. I Edron James, just people overlook him. So, so you guys are kind of like baseball writers. You're just criticizing Terrell Davis because he didn't play 20 years. It is what it is. I mean, an injury <laughs> is an injury. I mean, all right, all right. So, but I mean, Bo Jackson. You could go you with Bo Jackson. Say, Bo Jackson would have probably though, been the best player ever. You were going to say though, don't overlook Edge, right? Yeah, Edge is phenomenal. All right, so you kind of stole my thunder. I'm going Edge at one, the bus at two. I'm going Marshawn at three because he did. Play for the Raiders, even though Pete Carroll had Homer. given the ball on the one. Homer. And then I'm putting Terrell Davis last, not because I'm being a baseball guy, but because I hate the Broncos. And the fact that he probably got carpal tunnel from doing that Maha salute so many times, that's why he had a short career, because he got carpal tunnel. So I'm going Terrell last. Wow. All right. I'm going to go <sighs> – I'm I'm conflicted. I'm real conflicted. Um, Be the opposite of voice of reason. I'm here. I'm actually my most thing. The thing I'm most interested in as you go through these is that all three of us have had TD as fourth. I, that's the only person I care where you rank them. Um, like really, when you look at the list, honestly, if I was being honest, it would be Marshawn Lynch would be fourth. But I can as a Raiders fan. So I'm. Um, then I should have put Bettis one. I'm 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 gonna put Bettis one. Nice. And I'm gonna tell you why. From a Bengals fan, it, it, at, right? And so a part of that is maybe me being soul crushed from watching him just absolutely like he was impossible. So for many games on CBS growing up. So many. Man. And I was, and so painful. True. Like you knew Bettis was getting at least 80 yards against the and Bengals. The, the Berman. He's rumbling. And he's stumbling. Rumbling, stumbling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it scarred me. Uh, but but Bettis. Um, you know, he he 
he played a long time at a pretty consistent level. I, I give him props for that. And a big I, dude, man. Big dude. How did he have that longevity as a dude that dude, size? He was like a ballerina feet. out there. Yeah, he, he wasn't just a bulldozer. He was. He, he was uh, out there like two hundred. Was he two eighty or so? He was like two sixty. All right, and happy right. feet. Edge number two. Um, no way. Marshawn number no three, way. and Terrell Davis number four. But if I had to pick one season, I would definitely pick Terrell Davis for the peak. For the peak, uh, as far as that goes. So I have the stats pulled up here. It took me a while to collaborate these. Uh, so out of the four, who had the most yards? Mm. Out of those four, who uh, Jerome Bettis? Do you agree? I'm gonna say. Uh, uh, I'm going to say Edge. Bettis had 13,662. Edge had 12,246. Uh, and then Marshawn had 10,413. Terrell Davis, by the way, is at 7,600. Yeah. Because wow. he, he only had – he had half the amount of carries that Bettis had. Okay. All right. Who had the most touchdowns? Who had the most rushing touchdowns? That is going to be – how do you not have Bettis as the most when he's a goal line back? Like, he's got to be the guy. James had like 80 He had 80 touchdowns. You are correct. Tommy. That puts him That puts him third. Oh, uh, okay. Really? It's Bettis. It's Bettis, Marshawn, and then uh, Edge. And then Marshawn number two with TDs. That's impressive. 85. Yeah. Uh, so 90, clearly Bettis is the number one here. 91 for Bettis. Yep. Okay. Almost way, 100 rushing touchdowns. I checked. Bettis weighed 252. That's, no, a that's, a that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's like a wrestling that's where, bio. That's where like you're 6'3", but they list you at 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. That's like that's Charles exactly. Barkley. Yeah, that's exactly He's six, what eight. that is. All right. How about uh, yards per carry? Who do you think had the best yards Edge. per carry? TD. No, probably TD. 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 Shorter career. 4.6. Where was Edge at? Edge was at even four. Okay. Lance was 4.2. Wow. And then Bettis was 3.9. That makes sense. I knew a lot of those like goal line carry short yardage. Who had the most receiving yards? Oh, Edron James. Yeah, right. Do any of the other two combined equal his receiving yardage? (laughs) Oh, easily. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Edge was only 3,300 yards while Marshawn was 2,200. Okay. And then Bettis was even at 1,500, and Terrell Davis in the short career was at 1,200. Impressive. For receiving touchdowns, Edge was 11, Marshawn was 9, Bettis was 3, TD was 5. So I don't remember TD being that good out of the backfield, but apparently he was a solid-ass receiving option. Um, The uh, yards per catch were all about the same, 7.5 to 7.8. So now that we've thrown the stats out there, would you revise your order at all? No. I'm going to revise mine because I'm not the football guy. I don't claim to be. I'm the baseball guy. So I had Edge and then Jerome. I'm going to go Jerome, then Edge. Okay. You and me agree. All right. I love it. The only reason I keep Edge at one, even though the stats say a little bit differently, is that the intangibles—they're not there. If he, the well, no, if uh, the grill—he had that gold grill. If he stays healthy a little bit longer, he was LT before LT. He he was uh, he was Marshall Marshall Falk after Marshall Falk. Come yeah. on, man, he's not that much. Pay, of a, don't pay, act pay, like he's a trend. Pay the respect. Come on, Roger, Craig. Roger F and Craig, the original one thousand, one thousand. <laughs> Well, now we're talking about Larry Sinners. Hey, man, easy on Larry Sinners. Did you know a fullback once had over 100 catches? 
we're going to go Mercury Morris. Are we going deep here? <laughs> you know, we had a meme that reached 3 million people this week that said, you know, dudes can just sit around and talk about old athletes and just Dude, have the best time. And that's, that's a bit, that's, of the, the six degrees of uh, Brett, Brett Favre. Favre. <laughs> just do that with different athletes. I thought it was the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It was, but we turned it into Brett All right. Favre. Also, that meme now, and not even a meme, it's just a statement. It's completely true. But I was just talking sports. Random names. It's up to fifteen thousand shares. Yeah, that's. Uh, but you know, that's that's, that's what we do. I mean, but like do. literally, we've been sitting out there since we started and just naming out. Like we we found out that the all time triples leader, I think, was it triples or doubles? <laughs> it was triples. Doubles. No. Owen Wilson. Oh, that, no, that, that was, was triples. the triples. triples. The doubles was after uh, nineteen twenty five. Yeah, Owen Wilson is the number one leader in MLB in wow. triples. Single season. Wow. And it's not the actor, of course, because wow. he had 36 in 1913. Wow. We got onto that because Matt Olson has 31 doubles. Wow. He has a chance to set the doubles record. Somehow we ended up on in the triples. In 2022. Isn't it amazing? That's what baseball can do for you. But the keeps on giving, like we, the Jelly of the Month before Club. We walk away from uh, the Jelly of the Month Club. <laughs> what is uh, well, we got a little boxing action coming up, right? Oh, we do, we do. Yeah. And is it uh, boxing or MMA? I don't know. It's boxing. Is it bo- so Frank Gore started a trend here, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I think the winner should face Frank Gore no, for the I mean, record. Frank Gore is already owing one. Wow. Remember, he got his button. Well, up. maybe Ocho Cinco. Yeah. Because he, he, he actually had some game. He, I, I would like to see because he got knocked down player. and got up. He was like Rocky in Russia. He won the respect of the crowd because they he's like he, Chumbawamba. Well, that too. I fall down. <laughs> Did all you go? Get up again. You ain't ever gonna keep me down. Uh, all right, who's fighting? It's uh, is it? It's uh, Le- Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell versus and, and, uh, Adrian Peterson. Wow, he gonna beat him like his boy. You watch, it's gonna <laughs> yeah, like, like he's gonna, he's gonna make his child abuse all over again. Yeah, get you go pick your switch, boy. That's exactly oh, wow. what's going to happen. Wow. Come AD to the will do anything for a damn paycheck. All day. All day. Give me AD. Right. Got the it. winner of this should face Ray Rice. Uh, that's in an elevator. That's like no holds bars, man. That's like fighting out of your weight class. Ray beats women. Yeah. Well, he named women. Yeah. Right, hey, Ray beats women. AD kind of beats womanish. kids. Put them in the ring together. What about, uh, can we get some Shady McCoy in here? Can we, we do can. like a triple threat match? We can. Let's just get all these uh, coming of age running backs from the past 10 years. And so let's get some divas in there. We got Ray Rice. Can we do a mixed tag? Yes. Dude, we can put like no, the Royal AFC. Rumble. In an elevator. Royal Rumble. In so an got elevator. Ray yeah, Rice. In a steel cage. Correct. Lady so we got Bell. Rice, Bell, Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. we got the whole AFC North in this. Who thing. else we got that's a complete head case? Can we just throw Baker Mayfield in there for we fun? Need, we need to. He's got Sean Watson's got to go in. Yeah. If he's and then for the fun of there. it, throw in OJ in the glove. And Bill Cosby's the referee. <laughs> <laughs> and the count to three and the one and the two. And, the oh and we're going to do it in a tub of jello. <laughs> <laughs> and the pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I missed you guys last week. I just want you to know that. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully you listened to the show long enough just to get to that complete nonsense. But uh, anyway, we do like it when former athletes fight. It'll be entertaining. Um, do we even say who's going to win? Uh, no, I don't think it matters. It don't matter. I said, but we're still going to watch it. Damn AD, it. AD all day. All right. Thank fair you, enough. Peterson. Fair right. enough. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's been another episode of the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Uh, make sure you check out America's Pastime for the Love of Baseball. Get on the We Don't Know Sports YouTube page because we did an interview yesterday, checked in with our resident Baltimore Orioles expert, and uh, you guys had a pretty fun conversation. So that's out there for your viewing pleasure, not only your listening pleasure, uh, but make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll come and invade your ears each and every week. We'll be back next week. Enjoy your 4th of July holiday. Have a great weekend. Don't blow any fingers off. And uh, we'll see you next time. America. America. Bye-bye.